In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. A lot of us are looking for ways to start our day feeling more joy and appreciation. And while some of us write gratitude lists or do yoga, others pour themselves a bowl of their favorite cereal, Honey Nut Cheerios. Because not only are Honey Nut Cheerios delicious, they can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. So maybe the secret to a great mood all day is a little yoga. Then writing your gratitude list over a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about a heart-healthy lifestyle at Cheerios.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here, bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast this week for the Farmers Insurance Open. It's the first really big star-studded field of the year. I am excited. Of course, I am with Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good, Kenny. Another another big event. Finally, you know, we come back. We've had a couple of these, what everyone wants to call these quote-unquote warm-up events, but now we get a big boy event, and I'm excited about it. Before we get in, guys, just want to remind you this podcast is sponsored and presented to you by rotogrinders.com. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGEN. Get yourself set up for the first month on the premium service. Go through a lot of that later and what I'm doing over there. But a lot to talk about here, Kenny. It was a, another nice week on the tour, man. We had uh, Tony Finau, man, the guy. He just can't close it. Yeah, I mean, I, we, I had a little bit of a conversation with Jeff Feinberg over uh, uh, on Twitter about it. And, you know, he does. He, I said that Tony might have something mentally blocking him. I mean, he's just not as strong mentally as other golfers. And while I think that's true, uh, there were some numbers posted by uh, Data Golf uh, that sort of went the other way. Uh, you know, talking about his strokes gain and his like expected win, his win expectancy um, after you know while being in contention. Uh, go check it out over. Uh, at data golf on Twitter. It's, it's, it's nice little, uh, uh, nice little feed to go, you know, look at when you're, when you're trying to do golf research. So make sure you check that out, but they, you know, and, and what they were saying is like, usually like he plays decent on Sundays, like good, but not never great. Uh, and so he always gets caught because somebody else plays great behind them. I mean, if you look at the numbers, he's, this is his 35th top 10, 
uh, since his last victory. I think it's something like uh, it's some astonishing number where he's top tanning like over 35, like third, like almost, I would say like 33% of all his made cuts, like one in every three made cuts, he finished top 10 uh, since his loss. I think this is the 15th time that he has been within three strokes of the lead going into the final round since his last win and no win. I mean, yesterday he didn't shoot horribly. Uh, what did he shoot? Like, uh, what, 69, 70, somewhere around there. He, you know, he started off strong, but too many missed short putts, a couple on the front, water in the back, another missed putt. I, I think that, you know, I, until he finally cracks that bubble and gets the win, this is going to be something that's really going to weigh him down, especially because he's going to hear it. He knows about it. Uh, he hears it every Sunday when he's in the lead or when he's close. Someone's going to ask him about it. Uh, and until he gets that win, um, it, it's going to be a tough sledding for him. And I don't know if you could ever really have faith in him going into a Sunday near or top of the leaderboard. Now, I will say that once he does somehow pull off that victory, I think wins will come in bunches. But it's just a matter of if and when he gets it. What's your take on Tony? Well, it's funny you just said that. I mean, we just had this conversation last week about Kevin Na. Like, he, he was almost in tears talking about it, saying how it took him so long to get there. But then when he yeah. did, it was like, t- it took him a little while to get back. But then once he got back, then it was like, bang, bang, bang. And now he's winning, like, at a crazy clip. And it just took some time. I'm not going to compare him to Na. I'm just saying that's one thing that stood out to me. Uh, man, I, I don't know. Like I said, I don't. I, I saw some of the stats as well. I saw someone say, you know, the strokes gain stats he's got are, are as good as Roy McIlroy's in these spots. Yet Roy McIlroy has seven wins and Fina has zero. 35 top tens, no wins. You can't just always chalk it up to it's hard. You know, obviously I was in the mix with you and Feinberg talking. Feinberg's our boy, just, you know, getting into the mix, chiming in. I just think it's, it can't all just be bad luck. Like Rory's not running that hot that he wins seven times that way. And Fino's running that bad that he loses that many times. The missed four footer, four footers, the putting it in the water when he goes right. You know, I said it today about, you know, uh, Kyle Porter brought up a good thing. And I want to talk about this piece for a second. I just thought it was interesting. He said, you know, you got to be a little bit more inconsistent. And I, in my head, just immediately, as I do with most things relate to what I'm trying to craft my game after in DFS. And it's like, if you're always going to play this safety lineup or all this chalk in your lineups in these large field tournaments, you might cash a bunch of lineups, but you're never going to have that outlier that, that gets to the top. And so you are going to lose a lot more times than not. And what he was kind of saying, everyone took it like, oh, so don't, don't go play good or play your A game or whatever. It's more of, He's always shooting in that same number. Even when people talk about Webb tracking him down at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, yes, that is some bad luck or a little bit of variance that's going to slide in when there's 35 events that you know you've come top 10 and you get down to this spot. That one even worse in a playoff. But he shot a 70 on Sunday. Like that's that's not going to cut it. And it just that can allow for somebody to sneak in and drop two 20 foot bombs on you to take the thing down. It's bad luck in that instance. But I'm just saying overall. And, and two more quick things that came to mind because we're hot on this topic is. Tiger, JT, Rory, Rom, these guys are killers, closers, crushers. They go out there. They all talk about the same thing on Sundays. They talk about shooting a number, having a plan. They go after that number. Sometimes they get hot like Rory at Bay Hill and blow that number out of the water and win by five. Sometimes they don't hit the number. It all goes downhill and they don't even come in the top 10. But guess what? The times they go out and hit it, they win. That's where I think Kyle Porter was saying the inconsistency. I I teased a little that I said, you know, what, what else can you do? And Max Homa jumped in. And so what, what do you want him to do? How can you play more inconsistent? And I just said, like, take more chances. Like, Siwoo Kim, driver off the deck, going after it. Obviously, Finau didn't need driver off the deck. He was closer as he hit it at. The point wasn't you need driver off the deck. The point was 
when you heard Sibu after, it was kind of funny because he did his interview and he says, oh, I didn't really take too many chances, he says. Well, actually, he took huge chances. You looked at that, you looked like he had the big balls out there taking some of these shots, but he mentioned it a couple times that he looked at the leaderboard. And I know that's not for everybody, but I'm just saying, think about that. He was looking at the leaderboard. He knows this is a course where you can get hot, go low, and someone can take this thing from you. And he kept his foot on the pedal, regardless what happened. What was it, 16? We ran that ridge real close, but landed it up on the green. You know, the the driver off the deck thing earlier, these are just little examples of, like I said, just go for it. Don't play to not lose or don't don't just worry about if I play my A game, good things can happen. You need to shoot eight under. Figure that out. He, he's a crusher. I, I love Tony Finau. I just wonder, and I root for him all the time. I just wonder if he even cares enough. Like he wants to win, of course, but is he, you know, is he just content getting that? And it is what it is. Not everybody is a Rory JT Rom closer type guy, Tiger, like he was back in the day. It's just the way it is. Not everybody can do that. Winning is hard. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure he wants to win. I, I everybody does say that. I'm sure. I'm sure. I don't think he has less motivation to win. I just think that the issue with Tony is, you know, He's good, not, not but not great on Sundays. He'll shoot 70, 69, you know, 71 on a par 72 yeah. on Sunday when he's in contention. But he won't shoot a 65. He won't shoot a 64 unless he's like eight strokes back. You know, that that's the that's the issue with them. But so that's what I'm saying. And that's any, what he was saying today. Like, take more yeah. chances is that. It's like, yeah. you know, you're, you're yes, you're in the lead. So you want to just play. So, your so, so you're and- basically saying he, he's playing not to lose. Is a lot I of the time. I feel like I, it. Maybe I, it's yeah. not true. I'm not yeah. in his mind. I'm only watching what you guys are. I'm saying, but 35 times is enough sample size to talk about. Winning is hard. There's lots of guys. You got to remember, yes, the guys behind you go for broke because they got nothing to lose, man. They made the cut. They made their paycheck. They're, they're hunting you down to hope that you make mistakes and they can pull one out. But why doesn't? Why do you have to be down five like Ricky did it in the past two at the players? These guys got. We always see them as you have to come from behind to win, and it's whatever. It's just my point is I think that it's you know don't need to spend too much more time. I just think that. He hasn't done, I want to see him come out and shoot for like 10 under. And if it, and if it works, he blasts the field. And if it doesn't finish 20th, you don't need all these top fives. Go after the W full on and see what happens. Yeah. I think when he does win, it's going to be when he's chasing, but that's enough phenol talk. We're not even talking about the winner. See, Woo, what a, what a great final round for him. I mean, the last few holes, burning what two of the last three, I mean, the stones on him. Uh, he did come close on 16, uh, you know, the, a little, uh, that, that ball bounced right. If it bounced left, it's going down that 30-foot trench into that bunker. We saw Phil do that a few years ago uh, and take himself right out of the tournament with, with a couple of holes left. That could easily happen with Cantley chasing him down, shooting a 61 on Sunday, which was incredible. 20 under, 18 under on the weekends with 18 birdies, and he doesn't even win. And that's the most important thing about making a cut as well because Cantley made the cut on the number and finished second. Um he was incredible. And the story about Cantley is, I mean, I read some stuff about him. You know, he has to wake up like four hours before his tea time. All the injury history he had, if you're not familiar of uh, the car accident he was in, it really messed up his back. And I've said this before, he was Jordan Spieth before Spieth. He was supposed to be that guy, but that injury really derailed his career early on in his in his career. He's had to come back. Uh, he still takes – he measures his season. He doesn't play that much because that injury is still there. It's still nagging. He has to wake up four hours before each tee time to stretch his body, to get ready to actually be able to play the game without pain. Uh, you know, to do that, uh, you know, that takes a lot of a lot of devotion to the game and love to the game. And I mean, the guy was freaking amazing yesterday. Um, and, then, you know, Siwoo just just just, just – you know, pounding it down his throat with incredible drives on 18 and in the lead after his birdie on 17, making that great 
great putt, even though Homa didn't help him out with that read. That really, really helped. Uh, one thing I do like about Siwoo, the way he putts, he never, you never saw a ball left short. Maybe like one putt. Uh, the whole round yesterday, a very aggressive, sort of like an old school Ricky type of putting where, you know, if he misses, he's always going to be, uh, well, Ricky now is like three to five feet past the hole. I'd say, <laughs> you know, Siwoo um, is maybe a couple of feet past the hole, uh, but uh, that aggressive nature and putting is nice because you're not going to make it if you leave it short. And that's the way Siwoo does it. It's been four years since his last win, but this is his third win. He's still not even 25. Um, so, I mean, it, it was a big with three wins on a 25. It's like him and uh, Morikawa that's it you know on tour that's it uh so uh, you know I, I expect more big things to see when you can see that his game one thing about his game has been getting a lot more consistent i feel like you know like the thing about old school siwoo is you know he'd have a high finish and then he missed two cuts and high finish and missed three cuts now he's making the majority of his cuts top 25 top 25 top 25 um you know working with claude Harmon, his swing looks really nice uh, it looks like the future's bright for him and hopefully the olympics come out this year and him and stungy have a chance to uh get a medal uh, so they don't have to go to military service because, I mean, it'd be a shame that these two aren't going to be are going to miss a couple of years of their prime uh, because these are two of the top golfers in the world uh, and to miss them out for a couple of years. Uh, that would really suck. So hopefully Olympics still goes through and they'll be able to have a chance this year uh, in Tokyo. And then, of course, Canley. Now, personally, for me, go ahead and you talk and we'll, we'll talk about how everything went this week. Yeah, I think you just said a Korean week for a little while there, and it ended that way as well, Kenny. So you, you must be pumped, right? You had Siwoo, Benian, Sungjae, all these guys were doing their thing this week. So love to see that. Uh, Siwoo Kim, I said it today, the SWK. I like you put stones in there. I had it differently. Savage, winner, killer. This guy went out, finished strong, like you said, did his thing down the stretch. And funny you mentioned the Harmon stuff with Brooks News today, saying that uh, he dropped him right after DJ won the Masters, said I'm out. And, and then, you know, you've got uh, Ricky used to be with him and went away. And you mentioned Ricky with the putting. This is a swing coach. But, yeah, Siwoo's been doing his thing, man. The consistency's there. Uh, just like I said, you said the Stones. I said just a savage, just played so strong throughout the day on Sunday to get the job done, holding things off. You know, he know he knows Cantlay's out there warming up. He sees the leaderboard. He said multiple times he was watching Cantlay up there like, man, when is this guy going to stop? And Cantlay right to, down to the wire, man. Love that guy's game too. Uh, you know, we've seen him close out tournaments like that. Uh, I think back to the Memorial a couple of wins ago for him where he just closed out on that Sunday. And everyone said, you know, Adam Scott just shook his head. Like, how do I compete with this guy? That's the Sunday rounds we're talking about, man. And yesterday was one for the ages. Didn't quite get it done there. And, but like you said, it made the, made the cut barely. And that's all you need to do sometimes. And you can get yourself a second place finish. So good for him. Uh, Cam Davis answer Gim bounce back. You know, there was a lot of good guys uh-huh. up there. The Molinari resurgence. You know, Casey, these guys, Ricky Fowler, 21st. These guys all came into the woodworks. Uh, Woodland, by the way, speaking of woodworks, and back into the mix. So I thought it was a good tournament, man. A lot to take away and bring into this week for what we're going to talk about here. Yeah, I mean, you know, think of the thing about Cantley is if you look at his three wins, uh, Striner's Memorial were his first two wins. He was four strokes back going into the final round. Uh, he came back and won those. Uh, his win in Zozo a few months ago, he was three strokes back going into the final round. One though, he's one of those chasers uh, that they can really get hot on Sunday and you can find a good number because I went 27 to one on him on Saturday night, which I thought was excellent uh, for a guy who just hit like 10 birdies or nine birdies in a single round uh, and moved up, I don't know, like 45 spots on the leaderboard. I thought that was a great number. Uh, that would have saved my week. So I actually didn't bet Siwoo. I had a bunch of them in DFS, but it didn't matter because like I, I didn't bet Siwoo and I, I had a, my issue was 
Uh, I had a whole bunch of them in DFS, but I just couldn't get anybody else to make the cut. Like my cascade cornerstones are garbage. They were over four. It's like, you know, one of the few times that ever happens. And then, um, you know, I had him, I had answer. I had all these guys uh, that have finished. I had Davis, you know, I had all these guys that finished well. Uh, you know, I had him in my write-up as well, but I couldn't get a lineup to get more than like five out of six or four out of six. So that was really, really frustrating. So it was a horrible week for me. The only things that, that uh, made it better, uh, Virginia just legalized sports gambling. So all the mobile books are available now. I mean, uh, the, the two most prevalent, I guess, uh, out there are, are, are out. So, you know, live betting top 20s was one thing that I really think is a good way to um, – go about on a Saturday night. You look at those top 20s. I, I bet I'll uh, put a big chunk on Bo Hoke, um, top 20 on Saturday night. You know, he shot six under on Saturday. Uh, I think he was in 28th place. He was two strokes out of the lead, uh, two strokes out of the top 20. And the book I, I was at had him at plus 600 to finish top 20. I mean, that's a pretty large fucking number for a top 20 finish. Um, you know what I'm saying? So, so I pounded that. I hit that. Uh, I hit like a three, um, uh, a, a, a three-person parlay matchup parlay. I hit that, so I mean, I ended up doing well on the gambling side, even without having the winner. Uh, so that you know, partially saved my week. Still losing week overall because DFS just sucked. And then I had like a a, a top thirteen lineup in um in the uh, in the showdown as well because I had Michael Thompson, I had uh, Woodland, I had. Uh, Siwoo and I had Cantley in a single lineup and it, you know it, it would have won basically all the large money contests but I can't afford to play those which sucks uh, my man Gup took one of those down so shout out to him uh, 110k uh, on the final round showdown uh, but I so so it wasn't the best week but you know I'm gonna move past it I'm gonna just forget what happened uh, but yeah the gambling aspect now the, the live betting uh, and there is some issues this week with live betting, which you should definitely go about. And I'll talk about that a little bit when we get to the course. How'd you do, Tambo? I, I did. Uh, I'll tell you in a second, but I, it's so funny. You're talking about this mobile stuff and this ability, Kenny. I think it, I'm worried about you, man, because now that you're thinking it's a great thing, but it's it's not always a great thing to have that many options and access during the middle of the tournament. You're going to love putting some bets in every night. Well, and I, I, I didn't my man go gets crazy. on the crown royal. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, did, I didn't go crazy. I, I went crazy on Saturday night. Uh, you know, I had it the whole week, uh, yeah. you know, but I had my bets, but I, I, you know, I just looking at Saturday night, just looking at the numbers, especially top twenties. I mean, there's some value there. Um, and I think that's a great way to go about it. Uh, you know, you're not going to bring get, it back, know, man. Bring back Kenny after dark, 20, but Kenny after dark's coming back. Yeah. But I mean, like these live lines. Yeah. The live, they just worked out. I, I, you know, I had a, I had a Michael Thompson at 80 to one, um, you know, something like that going into the final round. I thought he had a chance and he didn't. He had a triple bogey. Uh, so, I mean, they, I, I like that aspect of, of it. So I think I'm going to start saving a lot of my weekly bankroll um, in, in golf betting uh, for yeah. live. Uh, I'll, I'll talk we'll talk about more that. about that yeah. for this week because – I always going to say is that, yeah, the, the chasers can win here. We'll talk about it when we get there with the betting. As far as my week went, it was great. I hopped on. I talked about it on the Wednesday shows. I bet Siwoo outright. Uh, shout out to Gup. He had him, and I know he hit that, plus the 10K in showdown. My man Notorious over at RG was on Siwoo as well. He had him at 70 to 1, I believe, even a better number. So uh, that nice. was awesome. I used a, I wrote him up on Roto Grinders. I used a ton of Siwoo over Burns. That was sort of my pivot over there that I talked about. So, yeah, I did like yeah, that. I faded Burns, too. 
I Scheffler, faded Burns though, too and had Scheffler was too good to be true, yeah. and that was just a fool's yeah. gold. So uh not the best DFS week overall, but the betting saved me, and so I'll take that. Nice winner. Uh, it's been a couple, two out of three out of each way, nothing last week, and then a winner this week. So I'm happy about that. Uh, full card for this week, though. And then, like I said, still going to save some behind when we get to bets there. We'll talk about it. But uh, everything else was solid, man. I, I, like I said, I like this week. And then we get to move it on to uh, a bigger tournament this week. And there's some great DraftKings tournaments, at least, that I can say that I didn't really check out everything else yet. But I know they've got a $20 this week with 250 k up top. They've got uh, some big tournaments over there this week. So I'm excited to get into this one. All right, so let's get to our listener league. Uh, the winner was Comedy Mogul. I think this is his second win of the season. Uh, so so really nice for Comedy Mogul out there. He started off with uh, Tony Finau, finished fourth, of course, 126 points, 14.11% owned. Sungjae, who uh, just fell apart on the weekend a little bit. He looked really good uh, Thursday and Friday, 22% owned, 94.5 points, uh, finished in 12th. He had the winner, Siwoo, 143 points, 25.27% owned. So nice on the... Uh, on the FGD uh, listener leagues, all your listeners is pretty sharp and being about 26%. Um, Cam Davis, another guy we both like 22% solid number out there, guys, 127 points finished in third. John Ho, uh, 9%, 78 points finished in 21st. And Ben Martin, uh, that was the one that, that was the uh, outlier. He, he, just, he made, barely made the cut, finished in 56, but he made the cut, got six to six in a week where like two or 3% got six to six. So good on comedy mogul. what do you think of the lineup? I really like that move. That was pretty sharp. You just drop right down to the very bottom. And if you get it, you get it. You don't, you don't. But everything else he got to fit in because of it. Finau, Im, Kim, Davis, all these guys. And then Johnny Ho was a little sneaky. We didn't talk about him last week that I recall, but uh, I know he got brought up a little bit throughout the week and stuff. And just if you looked at what he'd been doing, uh, it was just whether or not he was going to stay with it. But he'd had a lot of tough top 20s coming in, you know, that sort of thing. So almost 10% people caught on to it, it looks like. But overall, solid build. Avoided the landmines, right? The Burns, the Schefflers. The reeds, all, all those plays that were, you know, guys I liked most, mostly, you know, Reed and Scheffler, I certainly liked, and that hurt me quite a bit. So uh, good to see that there. And then, yeah, all the scoring. Cam Davis is just a beast at 7,700. That's like I said, when he, when he makes a cut for you in a scoring environment, it's just lights out. So I, I built a rule in for him this week. We'll talk about it when we get down the board, but great, great job to comedy mogul. Uh, I look to go and add him to the final year tournament of champions type event that we run. And yeah, he was already in there. So shout out to comedy mogul and we'll see him in the three man this week. All right. So let's finally get to this week. It's a big tournament. So the uh, PG tours in La Jolla, La Jolla, California. Sorry. This week for the farmer's insurance open. Uh, the, the farmers will be played on the north and south courses of Torrey Pines. Uh, golfers need to play both courses on Thursday and Friday. And if they make the cut, they're going to play the south course two times on the weekend. <coughs> the north course went through some major renovations a few years ago, but it's still by far the easiest course of the two. Uh, no golfer has shot over par on the north course and won here since 1983. So you got to get that action in uh, on the north course golfers need to take advantage of their one round here because the south course is a monster uh one of the longest courses on toro very difficult uh the course has definitely gone through renovations last year and this year because it is hosting the u.s open so i expect it to play a little bit more difficult uh, than it even has the past few years um you know one interesting tidbit from twitter uh this comes from at adon 7x another great file really sharp really good at golf betting um here's his angle on twitter um he says, don't bet anything until tee times are out. Then only bet the North Course starters pre-turning. 
awake to bet the South course starters after round one. Now this makes sense uh, because um, you know, the South is definitely a more difficult course. The bookmakers may not take that into account when they post their live bets after round one. Uh, you know, we may be able to take advantage of some larger odds for golfers that play the South course first. Uh, you know, if someone shoots like eight under on the North course on Thursday and another golfer shoots one or two under on the South course, but you know, that's a pretty good score for the South course. You know, you might be able to get a, 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 an upper tier golfer at like 30, 40, 50 to one, or, or even like maybe not a middle tier golfer close to a hundred to one, 80 to one uh, after that, if they played the South course first and are a few strokes back. So make sure you that I like that angle. I think it's something that I'm going to use this week. And that's why I only have a couple of bets on the pod right now, because I'll add more on Wednesday and I'll add even more on Thursday. Um, now, weather can play a huge factor as both courses are situated near the ocean and are susceptible to trade winds. Uh, four years ago, you know, we saw a whole bunch of wind whip hard, uh, you know, and inflated the final round to stroke, the final round score of five strokes over par. Uh, so, you know, make sure you check the weather. Uh, now there's some definitely been some trends um, here at this tournament. First off, 10 of the last 12 winners had a top 10 previously at this tournament before their win. Uh, nearly 40% of all winners here have some type of California connection, either growing up or living in California, going to school here. Uh, that's what it makes sense because, you know, California is basically majority of the golf courses use POA. Uh, you know, not many other states uh, around the United States have a lot of POA type greens. So, you know, these guys are playing these greens all the time. They can read them. They know the bumps. They know how, how it plays. Uh, also uh, from at the fantasy grind on Twitter, um, six of the past seven winners made at least one start in the calendar uh, in, in in the calendar year prior to their win. That most likely has to do with the fact that, you know, top notch golfers win here and most of them play a tournament of champions. So it, we'll see how much that plays out. Now let's get to the courses. Uh, North course, 7,258 yards, around 7,300 yard par 72, four par threes, four par fives. Par fives are reachable by most golfers, and there's also drivable par four. Uh, scoring well on these five holes will go a long way to make the cut. Uh, if they struggle on the par fives here, you know, it's going to be tough for golfers to make the cut. Uh, Tom Weisskopf redesigned the course in 2016, added a bunch of length, widened the fairways, removed bunkers, enlarged the greens. Um, off the tee golfers see you know average to large uh, average size fairways with thickest rough uh there are a few trees and fairway bunkers to worry about but much less so than the south course uh, on approach shots they'll see you know average to large size greens with bunkers guarding most putting surfaces uh the greens are bent grass on this course stip meter rating of around 12. uh the south course at tory is you know 77 100 yards plus uh four par threes four par fives Par fives are really long, uh, averaging around 590 yards. So only really the longest of hitters have a chance of reaching all four of these holes in two. Of course, that's also wind dependent. Uh, this course is one of the hardest on tour and plays between three and four strokes more difficult on average than the North course. Again, that's going back to that betting thing that I've talked about. So, you know, a guy shoots average uh, on the South course, he's going to be four strokes behind the average golfer on the North course. So, you know, the lines can definitely be uh, weird when it comes to that. We'll see what the bookmakers do. Um, now off the tee golfers see narrow tree line fairways with plenty of bunkers to dodge. Only around 50% of fairways are hit on this course year in and year out. The rough around the fairway is pretty brutal. It's Kikuyu. Um, you know, you see that in like 
South Korea, you see that in like New Zealand, you see that in Australia, those type of those that type of grass in the rough. Um, you know, it's about two and a half inches tall. It's going to be pretty gnarly. It could even be more just depending on how much they've grown it out. A lot of the holes here at the South Coast have a slight dog leg, right? Right-handed golfers that play cut off the tee. They've been known to thrive here. Uh, now, fairways don't necessarily have to be hit to succeed. Leishman won last year. Leishman won last year. was almost dead fucking last in driving accuracy. Like over the last, you know, over the years, accurate golfers finished top 10. Bombers have finished top 10. I mean, just, just going, looking back in the last two years, um, three golfers in the top 20 driving accuracy last year. Tory finished top 10. Three golfers in the top 20 in driving distance at Tory finished top 10. Year before, five golfers have finished top 20 in driving accuracy finished top 10. Six golfers have finished top 20 in driving distance finished top 10. I mean, I, you know, the, the, this tournament's going to be one, not going to be one off the tee. It's going to be one on approach shots, true second shot course now on approach shots golfers they're going to see average to small size greens usually narrow and width and lengthy from front to back high green and regulation numbers usually leads to success here uh, the putting surface is multi-tiered good amount of undulation uh, these greens are protected very well with large bunkers and thick rough most of the bunkers guard the front of the greens which makes approach shots tough especially since most greens slope from back to front now even though there are a lot of bunkers uh, in the front uh, most of the greens have like little holes or gaps, uh, to, you know, to leave an opening uh, in front of the green. So golfers have a chance to run up their approaches if they hit it in the rough off the tee. Uh, now, when the pin location is near the front of the green, expect a lot of long approaches with, you know, really fast putts coming down the slope for birdie and par. And like I said earlier, the greens are POA and they're around 13 on the stint meter. Tambo, what are you looking for this week? You talked about it a little. We don't need to hit fairways, right? If we look at Leishman last year, let's just play your game. And as long as you got a good second shot in, but I, I think the two course rotation, all seriousness to me is a little bit more important. Just a couple different reasons. I like your betting angle, you know, Adon seven X, this guy's awesome. You know, he knows his stuff. So, uh, you know, love all that he does. And he makes a great point there from the betting aspect of it. I just think just in general too, even for DFS, there is a lot of mental game to it. And you can see it in some of the quotes leading in. So, you know, some like to play the North course first, get themselves a good little score under their belt and then know that as long as they play good on day two, they're going to run it out at the South course three times straight, bang, bang, bang. Right. If they can do that. Other guys have said, nah, actually I like playing the South course first, play well enough, grind it out, get through the hard part. And then know that even if I'm even par, I'm not up there on the leaderboard. I get the easy course on the, on the day to make the cut and then slide into the weekend and go back into the grind of taking down a tournament. So uh, I think that's interesting, you know, to look at that, obviously if you're playing something like showdown or from that betting angle that you already brought up, I think targeting the North course to think of it from that perspective for showdown. And then for the betting, everything you already mentioned, uh, I don't mind that. So that's great. But like you said, faster greens, longer course, to me, one thing is it stands out, like you said, is it doesn't always just mean bombers. Lots of other guys have been in the mix and got up there. Typically, the cream does rise to the top. So uh, if you look at like last year, it was Leishman, but then Ram and Rory hot on his tails. So <laughs> I think there's lots of opportunity for some of these big names to pop off. And then we've got a little bit of a unique situation where some of these guys just came back last week for the first time. But in looking at all the winning lineups last week and, and some of the you know better players in their player pools, it was a lot of the guys that took risks with Woodland, Fowler, uh, Molinari, like these types of guys, Casey, they, they all had themselves pretty good weeks just warming up. So I think this is going to be a fun event, man. And it's definitely going to be a good Sunday. I know that. Sounds good. Let's get to these tiers, you know, in the 10 K range, you got to read all the way to ROM. How are you going about it this week? 
Yeah, the ROM thing's interesting. I definitely like ROM and Rory. I mean, that's the obvious two at the top, but I wonder that, you know, I'm not, I haven't heard many mention this yet, but the ROM withdraw last week, right? You know, is he just preparing for this or, you know, does that make his ownership a little lower because people don't want to risk because of that? So maybe in tournaments and whatnot, he's a, a better play, but uh, you know, Rory top five, top three, last two years, always like him in these sort of 15 and under or worse type of scoring events. Uh, not much really else needs to be said for those two. I think Rom and Rory are the clear favorites. I do wonder about Tony. We, you know, we just talked about him completely there, but he's always good for a top five, right? We definitely mentioned that as well. So, you know, if the first instinct for most would be to fade him because he can't close everything. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. We already mentioned at the top of the show, then I don't know if that would be a good pivot from, you know, someone like X or something, if people are going to go back there. But, uh, you know, I don't know if people are going to like X because he hasn't typically played well here in the past. Mind you, he has said that, it's because of friends and family in the area and all that stuff, but should have less of that to distract him this year. So, um, you know, and Reed didn't really show me much last week. He was all putter on day one. I hate to not go back to a guy like that, but typically I like to go back when they get a little bit cheaper. He still stayed up there in price. I really do like Raman Roy so much more. And if no one's going to play fee now, I think, like I said, he's definitely still suits the course. It's not like he's playing bad golf. We're just talking about him not closing a top five could be, you know, pretty good into your lineups going into next week. So I think it's just the three at the top for me as of right now. What about you? Well, I'm going to actually start off with Roy as my cash game, my first cash game cornerstone. I don't normally go up. I never go up to 11,000 or above in cash, but there's so many, I think the 7K is loaded. There's a lot of good golfers in that range. And the thing is, I think Roy and Rom are just such a, a, a little bit more. There's a, I think there's a big gap between them and Finau, Xander and Reed and English and M. Uh, so I want one of those two guys in my cash lineup this week. I'm going to go with, with Rory. Uh, good showing last week. Just didn't come through uh, on Sunday, which has sort of been something that he's having an issue with also. Uh, so, but but he, he's been, but the thing is, he's had the wins to, to do it. So we're not really talking too much uh, about that. The one thing I will say is, you know, Terrell Hatton has four wins since Rory's last win. Hatton just bumped up, bumped above Rory in the world golf rankings. Uh, so we'll see. If, yeah. So we'll see if that's some, some type of motivation he plays, but I mean, Rory's history here is great. Um, you can't really deny it. Um, but the one thing I do like about Rory is even though he, you know, he's long off the tee, he, he's top five in bogey avoidance in this course uh, or, or in, in this field in the last 100 rounds, it's going to be important. You got to avoid bogeys, um, you know, in the large numbers and, at this course. So I like Rory. I like Rom. I'm going to be playing Rom a lot in GBPs. I'm really interested in these bottom three though, because I'm not sure how the ownership is going to go about uh, since I will be light on Rory in, in tournaments because I am going to use them in cash. Um, I, I can play another guy uh, in this 10 K range. And I, you know, I think 
Xander, you know, his course history is so bad, but I like your take that he's not going to be having to deal with family and friends too much because they, because of the virus, he's got to stay in a bubble. There are rules and regulations of what he can and cannot do. Uh, so that might make it a little bit easier for him. And, uh, you know, hoping his ownership is, you know, dropped a little bit just because he's missed, what, four or five cuts here. Uh, so I, I'm leaning Xander as, as the other guy I'm going to play in the tournaments. Uh, this week let's go to this 9k range how are you going about it yeah, i think we're going to jump right back on this english train right this guy's just playing some incredible golf eighth and second here you know since 2015 the stats line up we talked about him playing in this sort of upper echelon group and, and how good he's been and it's just hard to get off him at 9800 i guess sungjae is right there and has been doing well but this is where i'm gonna pick some names out man and just take some shots because you know brooks if, if I'll hop on now, if everyone else won't, I know he wasn't very popular last week, didn't come out and have the greatest week, but said he wanted to have a week to warm up. They're talking about him in the news right now with the, the Harmon news and it's already being framed up as well. It's because DJ won that he kind of just flipped off and said, I'm done with it, you know, but I, I don't know. I think I like him. The course definitely suits him uh, here quite well, I think. And, and obviously, uh, you know, like I said, another guy like a Rory up top or Hideki, I'll get to in a second where if it's going to be like minus 13 takes this thing down, that's where I like Brooks. So uh, definitely don't mind him. I think I'll go back to him and talk more about him later on. Hideki, this guy's always sucking me back in, man. I don't know what it is. 9,200 though. But I, I I definitely do like Decky more at spots like this. Like you talked about earlier with Rory, the bogey avoidance. I think, you know, that's somewhere where the, he shines. These, you know, cream of the crop, rise to the top type fields. Has the full all around game. It's just, you know, how bad he's been lately. He just, he's going to, he just always has ownership. And I was going to say that about X, there's, these are like darlings, man. They just always get it no matter what they are, what they're at. So that's one thing. Now, mind you, a lot of people are talking about Wolf this week, and, and I've got some thoughts on him. But man, the 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 hoe train. So Victor Hovland, I don't know if you saw this, Kenny, but last year, Homa, Hostler, uh, Hoagie, and Hoffman, all top ten. So you got <laughs> to jump on the whole the train, narrative, the, the whole train narrative. I like that. I like that. The Victor Hovland, <laughs> man, you got to jump back on that. So, but, but anyway, my point is just, you know, Hovland obviously has himself a pretty damn good game. Can hit a lot of greens. The Tita green has been on, like he's still been fine. So, you know, for the, the difference is it's like such a trap in this area. It's him. It's Matsuyama. It's Wolf. It's, you know, Scheffler just crushed everyone's dreams. Of course, he's going to come back out here and just smash this week, right? Even though his approach game was way off. I, I know he only missed a cut on the number, but uh, he's, he's a prime flop lag candidate for these guys that just sucked the week before and then come back out and dominate the next week. So uh, I'm having a tough time in this range, man. But for certain, I like uh, Kepka, Hovland, and Matsuyama. I can get behind Wolf. I've got a little bit of a, a FOMO bet on him that I'll bring up now because it's going to come up later anyway. But, man, I don't know. He did have one of those good Sunday rounds. It wasn't quite everything, but his, his off the tee and his, his approach were on and obviously connection to the area, done well on Bent Poa. I don't know. It just feels like he's going to get really popular here. And with Decky, Hovland, and Kepka right there, I feel like those are the names that I'd like to be on. Where are you at in this range? Yeah, I'm going to go Wolf as my second cast game cornerstone. If you look at it in the last 50 rounds, he's first in this field in strokes game approach. Uh, in the last 50. And the funny thing is, if you look in the last 100, uh, you know, rounds, he's 28th. So, you know, his iron game has improved tremendously uh, in the last few months. And you've seen it with his results. Uh, I think he got his warm up out of the way last week. Uh, like you said, he had a decent Sunday. I like the way he plays. I like uh, he's, you know, always been fairly good. He's been really good uh, with his longer irons. Uh, you know, I think he's like a, a top 12 in, uh, you know, 200 plus proximity in this field uh in the last 50 rounds uh so i do like him uh as my second cash game cornerstone i do like hovland as well 
Uh, you know, another guy who's really, you know, over time has been really, really sharp with his longer irons. Uh, the majority of approach shots at this course are going to come from 175 yards and up. Uh, he's always good at that. And I think I want to give Kepka another try as well. Uh, you know, I think it, warming up, uh, I, you know, just overall, if you look over his, as long as his injuries are good and he's feeling better, uh, you know, that's one thing you're going to have to keep an eye on with him basically for the whole year. Uh, but, I, you know, I think the ownership will be down, so I like him in tournaments as well. Uh, let's move to this 8K range. Um, I like two guys up top. I like Bubba and Leishman. Um, you know, this is sort of a Bubba track. You play Bubba, Bubba tracks. Uh, he hasn't played yet this year, but I think uh, he finished sixth last year, and this was his first event. Uh, the, last, the time before, I think he finished 23rd, uh, uh, you know, like, I don't know, six, eight years ago. Uh, this was his first event since, like, the Hero. Uh, he has a couple of top tens in the tournament of champions after a long break, so I'm not – Real worried about it. Uh, so I think he makes a good tournament play. Uh, he plays his course well over throughout his career. Leishman is a winner uh, from last year. Uh, it looks like his game is back. I actually put uh, some futures on Mark for the Masters. Uh, and I think the U.S. Open, I think I got him at like 100 to 1 uh, for those. Uh, so, so I went ahead and jumped on that. Um, you know, uh, for some major futures. Uh, it seems like his game is coming back a little bit. Uh, Ryan Palmer sticks out to me a little bit as well. He's played this course well. Of course, his game has been strong, uh, really good on par five, really good with long irons. Iron game has been very, very good. Uh, who do you like in this range? I said at the top, I like Bubba and Leishman, but the guy that stands out the most to me is actually Jason Day and just seems way too cheap. I talked about it a little bit earlier with the Casey Fowler, Woodland, Molinari type plays just came through sort of in their own ways at, at their price tags or for, you know, less than what you expected. This could be one, you know, if, my, if ownership probably still does come with it a little bit, he's uh, eight for 11 made cuts with two wins here. So I suspect that will bring some people around, but he's been good on POA in the past. Uh, he's got the the numbers here. So, you know, and the, and the wins here. So I think that's going to be good. And a lot of guys talked about it in their quotes as well, is just how much patience you need here. Jay Day is a guy that can have the patience out on the course that's required much. You know, Leishman did it last year. Uh, you talked about Bubba you know, T6 here last year, just recently. So all, all these guys seem good. Uh, Ryan Palmer, I mean, anywhere we like Rom, right? We've talked about this plenty of times, half joking, but it has been true. And they both have some low rounds at this course over the last couple of years. Uh, Palmer has been good. And if you look here too, what was the other thing I had on Palmer? Um, 21st, 13th, and second, the last three years here. So he's already been showing up. I'm sure, again, that'll bring some ownership. Uh, another guy, Adam Scott, another one to these class golfers at a low price to me, 8,300. It's like Casey at 8,700 last week. He got second here in 2019. He has had a couple of warmups. They haven't been the best showings to kick off this season, but they've been all right. And then at the 8K range, just or sorry, at 8K straight, I should say, we're in the 8K range, but uh, Fowler and Louie at the bottom, Tough to go to Fowler. The price did drop. I still have a hard time with it. I really like Louie quite a bit just because Louie's sort of boom bust, but he does typically do well at sort of these patience courses, hit greens, just make some putts, sort of, you know, grind it out and get your way through there and take this thing down at 12 under or 13 under, but he can definitely top 20 or, or top 10 at 8,000 bucks. The, the Ricky Fowler thing is just, you know, 21st last week wasn't bad. Uh, another guy who had a decent Sunday round overall uh, with his stats on point for round four, and then he's a great putter. So if that comes into play, these are those faster greens. We talked about that, knowing where to set up, having some experience, all of those things. It could be interesting. I, I do lean Louie, and Louie always tends to have lower ownership, but it, we'll see how that shakes out here. Uh, if nobody's going to be on Ricky, though. Uh, what, what was your thoughts? Did you have any on uh, Billy Ho? Because he fits the whole narrative. 
And then uh, yeah. Willie's <laughs> Willie Zalatoris, I guess, is getting talked up as well too. I just noticed the Horschel thing though. That stood out the the fake narrative that I made up. That is. <laughs> oh, Horschel's <laughs> been playing. Horschel's been playing pretty good golf. I, I, I'm probably going to use him in tournaments. Uh, I think he's had decent success here. It hasn't been great, but it's been decent. Um, but yeah, I'll be using a little bit of Horschel. I think um, you know recently, um, if you look at his recent form, uh, give me one second. Uh, you know, one thing I do like about him is that, you know, he, he doesn't really have that large number. He doesn't do too much of the big number out there. And, you know, if you go about the South course, you know, parring the whole time, and a couple breaks here and there, you're going to be in contention. Yeah, he has. Uh, I looked, he's made the last five cuts here with two top eights and then seventh two weeks ago. It just, uh, you know, it depends what you think. I, the only thing I said with caution would be that. At, you know, a couple of weeks ago at the Sony, when he got seventh, he actually lost strokes on approach and was basically all putter. And he's typically not, you know, I, I don't remember or recall from my stuff, that, you know, how good he is on power and whatnot. It's normally Bermuda, hot weather, things like that, where I think of him. But it, I mean, anything could happen here. And like I said, he's definitely a, a class golfer at this price tag. So I don't mind him, I guess. And then did you have any thoughts on Willie Z? Uh, I know he's been yeah, talked I, up a little bit, but I don't know about that at 8,100. Yeah, I don't know about him at that price. Uh, you know, I mean, like, you know, if, if he was like 6,900, yeah. But, I mean, I don't really see him. I don't understand why he's that high price. I'm not going to pay up for him. Uh, I, I know he's going to – he's probably going to be a great golfer, but I just don't see it in this field at this time uh, this week. Uh, I think the way he's going to bump up is maybe like a Puerto Rico or uh, a Corrales or, you know, some tournament like that where the field isn't that strong. Uh, that's where I see him uh, breaking through. Uh, if he somehow does break through at fucking Tory uh, with this field, I mean, Jesus, he's going to be <laughs> talked about every fucking week for the rest of the year because it's going to be a pretty astonishing accomplishment for a guy just fresh off the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, all right, so let's move to the 7K range. My third cash game cornerstone is going to be Mr. Woodland. At $7,800, it seems like his game is back. Uh, I think he gained like seven, uh, four strokes tee to green last week. Iron game looks strong. Off the tee game looks strong. Another coastal type course. Uh, before last year, he made the cut here in like 10 straight events. Um, so I do like Gary. Again, another guy really good with his longer irons. He's top what, 20 in 175 to 200. Uh, top 10 in 200 plus here recently. Um, so I do like Mr. Woodland at 70. Eight hundred dollars. Uh, he's even he's top ten in both in the last one hundred rounds too. Uh, Iron Game is top five in the last one hundred rounds, and it looks like you know he went through that little bit of a lull. He had the injury. It looks like he's back healthy. It looks he looked fine last week. Every time I saw him, uh, I didn't see him wincing. I didn't see any pain. Uh, so I do like Woodland, uh, and then I do like uh, Cameron Davis up top again. A guy who's just a baller. Uh, another Aussie type narrative. A lot of Australians have played well here in the past. You saw Leishman last year. Uh, they're used to the Kikuyu type rough. They know they know how to ball goes out of it and they're going to be hitting out of the rough a bunch i mean even the best out here i think morikawa hit the most fairways last year here and it was like 68 percent uh so you know you're going to have a lot of balls that are going to be out of the rough um and he's used to that and you know when it comes to like just short-term stats the guy's been a birdie machine uh he's been he's really been crushing um par fives you gotta score well on the par fives here so i like cameron davis uh just going down a little bit more um, Taylor Gooch sort of sticks out to me a little bit. Again, that's mostly because, you know, how well he has done throughout his career on par fives. Again, if you shoot four under uh, on the par five under on the, on the four par fives on the North course and the one drivable par four, I mean, odds are, unless you really suck it up on the South course, you're going to make the cut. Uh, and that's something that you're looking for at a $7,600 price. Um, you know, and then uh, just going down a little bit more. Uh, who do you like here up top? 
Speaking of a $7,600 price tag, what? Yeah, Spieth. <laughs> well, we'll see. I, I mean, could this be his year that he comes back? I, I mean, there were rumors that he was working with, with Harmon, right? Isn't that with what Butch, they said? Yeah, and then Butch, Butch denied it. But then and, Butch denied it. Uh, I really don't know what's going on with his game. Uh, I haven't seen him. Uh, I, I expect him to be minusculely owned, even at $7,600. Um, I don't think I'm going to bite, but... Uh, you know, at five percent, yeah, I could see people wanting to, but it's not going to be for me. Yeah, I just thought, you know, if a guy like Molinari can bounce back like he did last week, maybe Jordan Spieth can. You know, a spot where you don't need to hit fairways sounds perfect for Jordan Spieth. Fast greens sounds good. You know, he's made cuts here in the past. He's shown up even in tough fields and majors during his slump or whatever you want to call it, or you know, his downswing. He's still shown up in these types of events. So it is interesting. I'm not sure how crazy I'll go. I'm with you on Cam Davis. I said earlier, you know, I made up a rule. You know, we got the, the Rick Gaiman rule with Lanto Griffin under 7,000. Anytime Cam Davis is under 8,000, I'm getting some shares, man. I don't care what the strength of field is. He's three for three made cuts here. Third last week, had a hot Sunday round all around. Uh, you know, he outscores his finishing position so much. There's a lot of par fives here to do damage on. I don't really care. The only thing that worries me is there's another Cameron at the same price that you could uh, say burn some people last week. He's the one where I'm saying it was a, it's an 8,900 price tag now down to 7,900 back to the well, just on course fit solid result here last year, burned plenty last week could definitely show up. We've uh, we've seen it in the past. So I think I'll play a little bit of both of those guys and maybe even split them up. Uh, and then Woodland, you brought up, he's sort of the guy that I lean over Molinari. Just, I think that he fits the course better. And, and so that to me would be a guy that I would go to there for the upside. Um, Kokrak, Gooch, two guys, maybe, uh, you know, Gooch three for three made cuts here. 21st last week, third here in 2019, that stands out to me. And then all the things you mentioned about him. So I, I don't hate that. And then I'll kick off the 7,500. You know, this guy's jumping on the hoe train as well. Charles Ho, well, just barely missed the cut. But uh, time to shine again, man. This is actually similar to a couple weeks ago, Kenny, where he finished 19th at the Sony with the course history King. He's 13 for 13 here. As far as I can go back, uh, five of them are top tens. So, so Charles Howell is jumping aboard the whole train as well. And I'm adding him to the mix too. All right. My down below, I'll go with my final cash game cornerstone. It's going to be a uh, Russell Knox at 7,000 taking a little bit of a risk here, but if I'm going all the way up to Rory, uh, I got to have a low seven K guy on there. And the thing about Knox uh, that has been impressing me. Uh, you know, he went through that terrible little turn, um, you know, in the middle of last year. But the big thing that I've noticed about him is his iron game has been extremely strong uh, since the fall. You know, he's gained uh, more than three strokes um, with his with his irons in what I think six events since the um, since the fall started that have strokes gained stats. Uh, gained four point one last week. Uh, gained 6.1 strokes to get a green last week. He has four top 25, top 25s uh, since the fall started. Now he has four missed cuts. So that's definitely going to be a risky factor. Uh, but overall, I mean, if you look uh, over the years, uh, I think he's made uh, four of his last five cuts, a couple of top 25s, three straight in a row. Uh, I think it's worth a, a play in cash. Uh, just to get that lower guy, and he's going to have upside. I mean, you see, he has a top 10 here. He has a 21st here. Those are going to work in cash for a guy that's 7K. Um, so my four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be Rory at 11K, um, Wolf at 9.1, uh, Woodland at 7.8, and Knox at 7 flat. That still leaves well over 15,000 to finish the rest of your lineup. Uh, so that's the way I'm going in cash this week. Other guys I like in this, I think I'll take a little flyer on EVR. Uh, again, another guy really strong with his longer irons, really strong with his uh, par fives. The only thing is the big numbers worry me about him. 
Uh, he, he can get a little bit wild off the tee. Uh, so it, it's a risky pay, play, but if he can drive the ball correctly, uh, I think he can make some noise top 10 uh, I think it's possible for Evan EVR uh, this week I like Maverick McNeely um, you know played well last week I'm just going a little bit on motivation he's always all putter but that's who he is uh, you know what I'm saying that, that that's how his game is so you know his, his approach stats are never going to be uh, top notch but he's one of the, he's really really strong on power um, so I'm going to go with him and see if that putter can't get hot because he's definitely one of the top putters uh, out there. Uh, so those are, and I'll probably go back to Seaweed Doug. A uh, good showing last week, fifth, uh, finished, I think, top 15, top 20 here a couple of years ago. Uh, you've seen glimpses of his game uh, being strong, and I like how strong he is with his longer irons. Uh, again, top 10 and 175, the 200, top 25 and 200 plus in his last 100 rounds on tour. Who do you like in the bottom range? I'll go back to Homa. I think uh, I talked about him a little bit earlier with the Finau stuff, but he, I, I watched the podcast, you know, just last week that he was on the YNK podcast. It's called pretty good. Check it out. I, you know, talks a lot about his mental game and things like that. It, it clearly didn't work out on Sunday for him either. He's in that same final group and it didn't pan out, but still finished 21st. His last you know event out before that, he was 12th, ninth here last year. I think he's got a great game. You know, I like watching him. It's exciting to see him out there. So I think at, uh, 7,400. I'll go back to him. You mentioned EVR. I really like that. We sort of talked a little bit about him last week, but like him back in here, he's cheaper. It's a grinded out type major style event. That's sort of where we always see him go. He only made the cut last week and, and didn't do anything after that, but it, it was glimpses. And like I said, get a little bit more reps under the belt and be able to come out here and show up. So I don't mind that. Uh, Roy Sabatini has a decent course history here. Uh, sneaky 12th place finish last week that really no one's talking about. And then I like your Knox call. But uh, one guy that stood out to me and our listener league winner had him there, comedy mogul, Johnny Huh, eight out of nine made cuts here, has been low key on fire with the top 20 finishes that I mentioned. And his stats are all really good. Two top eights here in those eight made cuts. And then 21st again last week doing his thing. So I think he's sort of an interesting GPP play down at the bottom of the 7K at 7K straight. Yeah, I mean, I think it does make sense this week uh, also. But let's move oh, on to the oh, – One ahead, more, one more. What, what, any Snedeker takes, only because, you know, from a cash perspective, you just think about, again, a guy that we talked about, all these dudes that came out and bounced back, and now he's a two-time winner, course history crusher. But I bet you half the world doesn't even know he played the last two weeks because he's been so bad. Yeah, he's just been horrible. I don't know if I could play <laughs> him. I mean, I like course history and all, but, I mean, I favor Hoa. current form more. Uh, now, he is priced low enough where I take course history – more into account because a lot of these guys aren't going to have good form when they're 7k and below. Uh, but he's just, he's just been so bad. I, I might throw fire on him. We'll see. It just depends yeah. on who else I end up liking down here in this bottom range. Um, I might throw some James Hahn out there instead. I like your John Huck call. Uh, so I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to Sneds is him. the POA killer too, though. So I wonder he if getting is, back on is. POA could just make him feel better. I, I did see one quote where he literally threw Kevin Kisner under the bus and said, guys like Kisner can't even do nothing here because they get so frustrated with the POA that they just give up and then move on. And it gives him a I chance mean, to turn it on. And he's had a Kisner, Kisner said that. Yeah. He, Kisner has said that. So, I mean, I don't think, I don't think he's really thrown him under the bus. I think he's just repeating what Kisner has oh, said sure. before in the past. Yeah, but like, That's why it doesn't play. It make It makes sense. There's yeah, certain that's things why he doesn't like play these events. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. All right, so let's move on to the 6K. Why don't you go ahead? Because I'm struggling down here, bro. Oh, man, there's almost nobody here. And I realized this, you know, a few weeks now. <laughs> I mean, there is. Seen. There's like 85 people down here. We got to pick yeah, some. I that's mean, crazy. It, that's it, the problem. It's definitely tough. Um, yeah. Here's the thing. Okay, so uh, uh, go what? 
I'll go ahead and start because I, you know, I'm going to go ahead back on Hoagie. I've been on the last two weeks and he's fucked me. Uh, so this is the third week where if I don't roster him, he's going to do well. I think he has pretty good history here. Really good with his longer irons. So I'll play a little bit of Hoagie this week. Wierenski, again, I'm going with form. Had a hell of a week last week, sort of faded on Sunday. But, I, you know, I, I'll go with him uh, to see how well he does, how, how he can garner that momentum and see um, how well he plays. Maybe a little bit of Scott Piercy at 6,700. Again, really good on longer par fours. Um, Tita Green is top 25 in this field in the last uh, 24 rounds. I mean, that, that, that's something when it comes down to it. I'll play a little bit of Bo Hogue. Again, a really good uh, weekend last week. I think it was like eight or 10 under. Uh, he shot on Saturday and Sunday at the stadium course. Um, Christopher Ventura, another guy who does uh, – has a really good long iron game and you're going to need that type of long iron success. Uh, he's been really good top 10 in his last 24 rounds from a uh, 200 plus. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and throw some of him out there. Uh, Will Gordon, who just, you know, again, this guy, he's, he's been talked about, but he just hasn't really shown uh, anything too much, but it's 6,300 for a guy who's top six in both both proximity from 175 to 200 and 200 plus in his last 24 rounds. I'm willing to take a small flyer on that. Aaron Badley, one of the best POA putters out there. Again, down there below at 6,300. What about you? Man, this the whole narrative, I'm dragging it, but it might be true. You mentioned Bo Hogue. You mentioned Tom Hoagie. Like, these guys are all in the mix. <laughs> and they actually have some history and have played well here. So, like, Hoagie's fifth and 12th in two of the last three years. So, I don't hate that. You know, uh, JB Holmes is another one 16th fourth sixth and second in four of the last five years just dominated here haven't seen much of him lately but that would make sense and he can absolutely catch fire in these large field tournaments so man this is a craziest narrative i think we've ever found just stumbling upon as a joke and it turns out to look like i think we've talked about i think we've talked about every single hoe out there yeah and it just came I really naturally think, I, I was just saying that earlier one. it was kind that of funny on hobland and now it's yeah. Panned out to be a thing. So that's it. I, I was going to say, you know, I'll go back to Streelman. I like him here on this setup better than like a 20 under 25 under type event. So four of his last five made cuts um, last five years with a third place mixed in Luke list played some really good golf last week, finished 21st, three straight made cuts here, 36, 40th and 12th stats all line up can score for us on the par fives. Uh, my boy notorious over at RG, you know, always plays Patrick Rogers anywhere. He's not on Bermuda. And now he's even under three uh, under seven K. So uh, ninth and fourth here in his last two made cuts here. So I do like a little Patrick Rogers. Uh, pa- another one I really like down here actually is, uh, and I, there's not many. That's what I said out of the 85. There's a few, but uh, Scott Stallings could be a pretty sneaky play since most, most normally don't reach down this low. He's made set five of seven cuts here with a second, a win back in 2014. And his stats were absolutely dialed in last week with everything but the putter and missed the cut on the exact number. So I'll go back to Scott Stallings. And then the other guy that we, he withdrew too recently. I can't remember when, but Johnny Vegas, I really haven't seen him for a minute, but his upside and, and just at this price, what he can do seven out of 10 made cuts here. Five of those are top thirties, one third place finish. I think he could score well enough and stay patient. So uh, those are sort of the guys that stood out to me, Kenny. But this narrative, man, I'm I, I'm going to see these whole lineups everywhere this weekend, and hopefully they're at the top of the leader. I don't know uh, the whole the whole train is live right there. Uh, shout out to the to the Godfather WWE. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, one last guy I'll probably play is going to be Hank Lebiota. Um, good with par fives. Good around the green. Good from 175 to 200. Only 6200 dollars. I mean, that's enough for me to try and throw fire out there because if I'm Hank Lebiota. You can there get you him in there yeah, if you yeah, wanted yeah, to make yeah, it work. If you wanted to. Now we're stretching a little bit. There, now we're stretching, we're stretching, a, little, yeah, yeah. We're stretching right. a little bit. But, uh, you know, if, if I'm going to play Rory, if I'm going to play 
Rom, if I'm going to play X, I'm going to need some of these cheap-ass guys down here below. So uh, Lebiota is another guy that I looked at as well. All right, so let's get to uh, bets this week. Mr. Tambaline, who you got? I got five guys here, man, and I'm debating a six, but I got Wolf and Brooks, both 33. I got Jay Day and Adam Scott, both 40. And then I got Woodland, 70 with the top five each way. And I'm like half debating just betting Spieth. He's 90 to one with the top five each way. So I'll probably bet that just because I don't really want, I don't know. I I, I don't know what's better. He's not going to be owned though, probably. So I might just play him in DFS and get my exposure that way. So I only got those five in so far. I did not listen to Adon 7X and, and make sure, but that's fine. I, I have been doing okay. I'm going to stick with it here, and these are the five that I'm feeling going in. So what do you got? All right, I listened to Adon 7X. I only have two bets right now. It's going to be Wolf at 32-1 to 1 and Woodland at 65-1. to 1. I think both those numbers are great. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and go that. I will bet probably two more on Wednesday night. Uh, I'll put that in my article, and I'll probably bet two more live thursday night and i'll put that on the slack channel for the site that i work for uh so that's probably the way i'm going to go about my betting card this week i'll probably throw um one top 20 before the event and probably look for a couple of more on saturday evening uh we'll see how these numbers go all right uh one and done who you got i was just gonna say that the saturday night thing i was gonna call that out too but uh a lot of guys have won from like three back here sneds actually won from six and seven back so there, there's definitely i don't know some if, i don't know if i'm gonna go winner I don't know if I'm going to go winner, uh, but top 20s is what I'm looking at on Saturdays because I think you can get value uh, at top 20s, you know, get plus 500, plus 600, which is a pretty large amount for a top 20 bet. Like I said, last week, last week, Bo Hogue was, yeah, last week, Bo Hogue was two strokes behind for top 20 going into into Sunday, and he was plus 550. That's value right there. That's value. Uh, so I think that's what I'm going to look at uh, when I go out uh, and bet this weekend. All right. Uh, one and done. done. I've got, uh, I got a couple guys down right now that I'm looking at Wolf and day. That's pretty much what I'm considering right now. Wolf would just be part of that bet. It's almost like fall Like I just, I like some of the guys I can play around them better in DFS, especially if he gets to 20 plus ownership. We'll see how that shakes out as the week goes on. But uh, considering those guys in the day, like I said, it just has a great track record here and I don't really know when else I'm going to use them up or anything like that. Woodland, I guess, uh, is an interesting one just because he's, you know, showed a little something, as you said, haven't, you know, where else am I saving him for? No clue. So might as well just burn him up. So I might do that too. Yeah. I like the Woodland call. Uh, I'm actually in the top 100 in the Mayo cup because I had Siwoo as my one and done last <laughs> week. So that was like one good thing that happened last week. What's, how many events <laughs> left? Like, so what, 40, like 40 or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? But I mean, I, you know, I want to keep the, the key with that is staying up near the top. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to, because it makes you motivated to make your picks actually every week instead of, you know, I'm in like 2,785th place and I'll just forget to fucking make my pick. You know, so, so um, I, I, I'm thinking Ramarori or Woodland. Uh, I have not decided it's going to be one of those three, probably a big dog. Um, so that that's the way I'm going to go about it this week. All right. All right. I think that's going to be it for this week. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. Uh, you can find my article. Uh, I did it you know, on gupscorner.com. 
uh, my 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 uh, course preview stats, trends, stats to look for, all already out. Wednesday night, I'll have uh, my new bets, my favorite DFS plays, some updates to the course. Of course, on the Slack channel, uh, I'll be on there this week, uh, putting in more bets and stuff like that. You might be able to find some on Twitter as well. So make sure to go check me out uh, on gupscorner.com. Tambo. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Hey, I'm there if you guys have any questions. Then, of course, over at Roto Grinders, head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGen. Check it out. Get yourself some premium access. Got a couple different things going on. Uh, Monday review show of all the winning tournament lineups. Uh, go through all that. Tuesday is going to have the show with Notorious and STL cards. Breaking down the slate a little bit further, a little bit deeper. Have some ownership projections at that time. A little early look. Wednesday, I do my lineup HQ show showing you how I'm using the optimizer, my exposures, anything I'm doing on the week with it, whether it's with course rotations, all of that stuff. You guys will want to check it out. And then uh, just doing some other stuff, some sports card things, stuff like that. Check it out. All right. So the field is strong. The course is long. Everyone needs to ride the whole train and let's win some motherfucking money. Degen Nation. If your preferred climate is business friendly, check out Ohio. With 0% taxes on corporate income, R&D investments, and goods sold out of state, Ohio is better for business. Because Ohio isn't built for followers. They're building for leaders. Ohioisforleaders.com. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air.